Welcome, everyone, to the chat. I'm coming to you from the beautiful city of Columbus, Indiana. My name is Nida Evans, and I am the host for the chat. It airs each Saturday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock on radio station WYGS, and it can be live-streamed from its website. The chat is also available on Google, Apple, and Spotify podcasts. My guest for the chat today is Rachel Lustig. Rachel is manager of the Cummins Power Store. We'll be right back with the chat. I'm stepping out, out of the boat, for the Savior is near. I'm stepping out, out of the boat. My guest for the, for the chat today is Rachel Lustig. Rachel is manager of the Cummins Power Store. Good morning, Rachel. Good to have you here as a guest on the chat. Good morning, Nida. It's great to be here. You've definitely taken me out of my comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to find out how much in a little bit. Can you tell me and tell all of us listeners a little bit about your family? Well, I'm the youngest of five children. My parents, Sam and Virginia Mills, were pastors here in the Columbus area. I have four older brothers, so to say I might be spoiled, maybe a little bit, or that's what they would tell you. I was born here in Columbus, and I have lived most of my life here in Columbus. However, when I was younger, we lived in Holton, Indiana, so we moved to Columbus when I was six, and I've lived here ever since. I met my husband, Joe, at the Nazarene Church here in Columbus. We've been married almost 21 years. He's the middle child of Bill and Christy Lustig. We make our home here in Columbus. I manage, like you said, the power store, and I love doing what I do. I have great customers that I meet daily, get to talk with people from all around the United States and internationally as well. For you listeners who don't know Rachel, her father-in-law is Dr. Bill Lustig. And then, of course, you said your mother is Christy Lustig. Will you tell us about your work? Well, like I said, I, I enjoy my work immensely. I get to meet people on a daily basis and get to talk to them and chat with them just about their life and where they're from. And sometimes they don't go into detail and other times they do. Yesterday I had a gentleman in my store and we just had a wonderful conversation and it was just great to talk to somebody who's just out and about in the world helping others. This is just what I do and what I love. I want to get right into your testimony. Will you tell us when you came to know Jesus? Well, like I said, my parents were pastors, so I was born and raised in the church. I looked back on the calendar, and I was actually born on a Saturday, so I'm thinking that probably at least two weeks later I was in church. Every time the doors were open, I was there. Sunday morning, Sunday night, vacation Bible school. If a neighboring church was in revival, we were there. We were just always there, and I a lot of times I probably think, the last Sunday night of a revival, you would find me at the altar. Many times in between, there would be times that I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I would think, oh, am I saved or am I not saved? And I'd run into my mom and dad's bedroom and I'd be like, okay, can you pray with me, dad? Can you pray with me, mom? I did this today and I'm really sorry. So that was like the beginning stages of my life. I was baptized when I was 12, just in the little river up north of town, right there at the little bridge. To know and have a personal relationship with Christ I don't believe that came until my late teens or early 20s. That's when I really began to realize that having a relationship, a personal relationship with Christ was the foundation 
for my life. And that's what I wanted more than anything. Yes, I could walk the talk. I could speak that um, religious language, but to really know and understand Christ and have that relationship was early in my 20s, probably. You know, one of the benefits, if you want to call it a benefit of growing up in a ministry home is that you're always at church or you want to be or not. You're always at church. But how God used that in your life to bring you to the point of accepting him. Quite often, whenever we come to know Christ, he gives us a passion. He gives us a special interest in one particular area where he wants us to work and to help in. Has he given you a passion for anything? I would say that my passion would be in serving others. Again, I think that comes with being raised in the church. You know, we were there every time the doors were open, but that also meant we were there when there was a dinner or when somebody died and we were headed to the funeral home or serving others by taking food or just in those areas. And I believe my true passion was built during that time. I love to help others. I like to be there for them. Sometimes it's just nothing more than a listening ear. Sometimes it's just sharing a smile. I think that my true passion would lie in just being there to serve others. I think some of that was built on, I started working at my aunt and uncle's restaurant here in town, Garcia's Mexican restaurant, when I was in my early teens. Just serving others there became a passion of mine, just to help, not just to say, is your Coke need refilled, but just to chat with people and just to be able to talk to them. And that built relationships that have made lifelong friends. The chat has a theme song called Stepping Out. And in that song, it talks about how God wants us to get out of the boat of faith so that he can grow our faith. Has there been a time in your life when God has wanted you to get out of the boat and just trust him? I was in my early 30s when we got married, when I met my husband. I thought that We would have time to establish a family and raise babies. By the time I was in my mid-30s, that still had not happened. And as long as I could remember, I think that was my greatest desire was to be a mother. Here I am in my mid-30s, and I'm still not a mom. And so we did start fertility treatments, had several disappointments through that. I remember one Sunday morning specifically, I was standing on the platform at church, was with a worship team, and we had just sang. And I remember crying out to God in my heart, why, why, why am I not a mom yet? Here I am, I'm mid-30s, and I should be raising babies, and this hasn't happened yet. I believe that was the time that I really had that stepping out moment because God spoke to me and said, trust me, just trust me. But Lord, it's the greatest desire of my heart. He said, trust me. And so I gave it to him at that moment. And I don't know if it was that day or maybe a few days or weeks later, but it was like that desire was taken away from me. And yes, that might sound crazy to think that the desire that I was giving was no longer there. But at the same time, God blessed me with nieces and nephews, Mm -hmm. church family that was a younger family, families, and they had children that call me aunt 
I even have some that are named after me. (laughs) It was just at that moment that I released that desire and said, okay, Lord, it's yours. And he allowed blessing after blessing to be brought into my life. Again, one of the passions would be church ministry with children. And he's blessed me there just to be able to minister the children in our church. This past Sunday, some that were had been gone for several years had came back. They'd been out of, out of the state. And they came back this week, and I was able to see them. And they remembered those songs and those <laughs> stories. And so, again, just blessing after blessing that God has put into my life when he took that desire away. So sometimes the desires of our heart look different than um, what we really think they might be. That's a tough one, Rachel. You proved to God that you would trust him in something as tough as this. I'd like to get into your prayer life. Do you have a special place that you go to each day to pray? Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. First, before I even get out of bed every morning, I pray. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful for a good night's rest, the protection and watching over us. Pray for my family. And yes, I usually start at the oldest brother and go to the youngest sibling and all their families and nieces mm-hmm. and nephews and church family. So I think of those and pray for those even before I get out of bed. I usually take my Bible and my devotionals and I head into the front room of our house. We have a very small restroom that is more like a little closet. That is where I begin my day with my prayer and devotions, just my time with God away from my phone, away from any distractions where I can just be alone with him and just pray and have devotional time. I know you were just saying that part of the time that you pray Well, will you take us through a whole day of just Rachel Lustig and God? What's prayer look like? I've always been a worrier. I think that my mom was probably (laughs) passed that on to us a little bit. But I have a great mentor and a friend who recently encouraged me that anytime I get those worrisome thoughts that come into my mind is to pray about them. When my mind starts to drift, I have prayer time right then, no matter where I'm at, if I'm in the car, if I'm at work, wherever I'm at. And I just say, okay, God, this is yours. I am not going to worry about this. This is not of me. I cannot do this on my own. I'm not God. You are God and you will take care of this. So I give a lot of little worries to Mm -hmm. him throughout the day. I don't have set times where I, other than in the morning when I actually pray or at night before I go to bed, my husband and I pray at lunchtime and breakfast time. If we're together at lunch, we pray at lunch and dinner. Definitely. We always pray together. Even during times when he is not walking with Christ, we have still taken that time Mm. to bow our heads and Mm. pray before our meals. (laughs) It's just a journey throughout the day is it starts in the morning, like I said, before I get out of bed. And it just continues as I'm getting ready for work. And then on my drive to work, sometimes we have some really good conversations, the Lord and I. And then once I'm at work, if there's times during the day, I'll just take a moment. I have actually had times when I have struggled in my life and in my walk with Christ or in things that have been going on around me, when I've literally just had to walk into another room and just speak the name of Jesus. And that peace that will come over me When you just say, Jesus, 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 it's just a wonderful, awesome, amazing peace that God gives us at that moment. So there's prayer is continuous. It's Mm. just Mm. all day. I can honestly say it's just throughout the day. In praying those prayers, are there any that you pray specifically for yourself? Yes, 
I don't like to be selfish. I don't ever want to be a selfish person, but I think we all have to pray for ourselves. And yes, I lean heavily on the Lord. Specific prayers, sometimes it's hour by hour. Just, Lord, help me through this time. I pray for my family continuously. We have family members that are unsaved, and they are on my heart a lot, and I pray for them often throughout the day. Specific prayers would just be, Lord, help me to be what you would have me to be, and everything I say and do, may it be pleasing to you, and give me wisdom to know what to do in every situation, and just lead, guide, and direct in my life. If God told you that he would answer two prayers for you today, Rachel. He says, Rachel, hey, what two prayers specifically today do you want me to answer for you? What would those two prayers be? Well, first and foremost would be my family and my unsaved loved ones to be saved and to come to a knowledge of knowing Christ and the peace that he can give. I know I've seen it in their lives and in their expressions and how they struggle. And I think and I say things like, do you just know? Do you just know? It's right here. It's this gift that you can just receive. And that would be my greatest joy and blessing is if these family members would know Christ. That would be my greatest one, that they would just come to an understanding and have peace with the Lord. Those are... Those are prayers that we all want. You know, all of us are concerned about our family members that are unsaved. So I've got to get ready to take a break here, Rachel, but we'll be right back with the chat. I'm back with Rachel Lustig, and we were just talking about her prayer life. The last question was about Two prayers that God could answer for you. Let's turn the table just a little bit and talk about the fact, has God ever disappointed you? Yes. When I was 27 years old, my mother was diagnosed with cancer. She was my best friend. She was my closest confidant, my mentor. She was that person that I could go to with life's questions. All of a sudden, she was not well, and I was her caregiver and help take care of her those last few months of her life. She was just always so full of grace. Everyone that knew her loved her. I remember praying, Lord, please heal her. Please. There would be my one request just to heal her body and let me have her for a few more years. God chose not to do that. I'm not sure why. Maybe I needed that time. I needed that time to be with her and to be her caregiver. I remember one day during her illness, My dad got a phone call from a gentleman whose wife was in the last stages of her life. For some reason, my dad asked me to go with him that day. I don't even know why, but we went to this little house way out in the country. And while we were there, the lady passed away. And I remember it was not a good experience. I remember thinking, oh, Lord, I don't think I can see mom in that place. If you have to take her, can it be a time of peacefulness and grace similar to the life that she's lived. And so the next couple of weeks were, they were getting hard for her and we knew that her time was close. The morning that she passed away, we were in her room. There was just a few close family members in there. All of a sudden she'd been asleep for quite some time and all of a sudden she just sat up in the bed 
And she said, don't turn the music off. And we all just kind of looked at each other and there was no music playing in our house. It was six o'clock in the morning. Some of us had been sleeping and others were awake. It was two hours later and we looked over and she had just peacefully gone to sleep. So yes, that was a great disappointment for one that he didn't answer my prayer, that Mm -hmm. he took her, he needed her and he took her home to heaven. But for two, he answered my prayer in the way that she passed. It was an experience that I'll never forget, that Mm -hmm. I will cherish forever, Mm -hmm. that I was able to be there, that she was even in her last moments, the grace and the peace that she shared was just amazing. I was just reading just a couple days ago about grieving and how um, the process of grief that we go through. And I'm so thankful that God does. He gives us a time of grieving. But in that time of grieving, he allows us to learn from our experiences that we can share those with other people. And there's people all around us that might be going through that same hurt and discouragement and disappointment. And yet we can be a help to them during that time. And I believe that's one way that he has used that disappointment throughout my life to show others that he is truly with us no matter what stage we're in. Doesn't he do that with all of us? He takes our disappointments because we do get disappointed with God sometimes, but he ends up turning those around and we not always, but often we get to see how he used it, why he chose that way and how he makes it, as you say, now you know how to encourage others that are in that same time losing someone in their family or other instances as well. He is definitely who you go to when you have those times in your life. Let's talk about blessings. Besides your family, will you tell me two of your greatest blessings, two that come to the top of your mind when you think about how God has blessed you throughout your life? My husband, for one. (laughs) All right. And I say that because... We've been married 21 years in September, Mm. um, and it has not always been easy. Four months into our marriage, my husband picked up some addictions and habits that he had had in his prior life before becoming a Christian, and he had picked those up again, and it threw me into a different world. It threw me into a world that I had never been in, and honestly, I didn't really want to go into that world, but God And he was with me every step of the way through 20 years of marriage. When I say he's my greatest blessing, but yet I bring that up at the same time, I know that that sounds odd, but that time has kept me so close to God. Mm. I have had to go to him many times, Mm -hmm. ask why, but yet know that he was still with me and that he could, if I surrendered my life to him completely daily, that he would be with me. And he would guide me through those times. He would give me words of wisdom. Um, He would help me to be a light to my husband. I've enjoyed this 20 years. Yes, it's not always been easy. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of difficult times, but God has been there. If you would ask me if I would do it again, I would say yes, because truly it's been a blessing in ways that I don't understand, but yet it's kept me close to God. That would be a huge blessing, something that's tough as dealing with a spouse with an addiction 
but it keeps you close and it keeps you on your knees before God and that communication with him and and the encouragement and all you receive because you're standing faithful with your spouse. Another area would be my job. And I was blessed with this job 23 years ago. I enjoy when I wake up in the morning, it's not, oh, I have to go to work today. It's that I enjoy going to work and I like what I do. I love meeting new people. I just sell Cummins product. That sounds easy, but yet it's fun. And to talk and communicate with people, bring new ideas to the table, new product lines. It's just a great opportunity, again, to talk to people in the community, just be there for those people. Another blessing is, I know you told me I couldn't mention my family, but... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go ahead. My nieces and nephews are awesome, and I get to spend a lot of time with them. It's Daily, I get notes from them or I get texts from them, and they're just great company. They're a joy to be around. So, yes, they're one of my biggest blessings. And then my church family. Mm. And when I say that, I used to laugh and say sometimes I was the youngest person in my congregation. That's okay because I have lots of people in that congregation that I can go to at any time. They are there to pray for me or walk through uh, journeys with me and just share their life experiences. And that's one thing about being in an older community like that is that you get to learn from their life experiences. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that. And I count that as one of my blessings. Oh, yeah. I bet you are the favorite aunt, aren't you? Well, (laughs) my favorite. We do have some fun times. (laughs) Let's get into your devotion time now. Do you have, oh, just just tell us what your devotion time is like. Are you reading a devotional scripture? What all is involved in that devotion time? Well, I use the devotional, The Jesus Calling, Enjoying Peace in His Presence by Sarah Young. And Mm. that has really been an encouragement to me. I like the way it speaks to me as though I'm actually having a conversation with the Lord. That's just awesome to be able to open it up on a daily basis. And just recently, one of them was, do not worry. And I was just like, okay. And so it was just like the Lord speaks to me through those devotionals on a daily basis. Another one that I have been reading is called Courage to Change. And this is an Al-Anon guide to living one day at a time. With the journey that my husband and I have been on, we realize that we do. We live one day at a time. Sometimes it's hour by hour, Mm. but that is a good guide um, to help me understand the addictions and processes and thoughts of those that are dealing with rough times in their lives. And it helps me to keep one foot in front of the other and do life one day at a time. Courage to Change has just been a great book. That's the Mm. one my cousin passed that along to me. And it's just been awesome this last year to read through that. Um, Also, Keep a Quiet Heart by Elizabeth Elliott. I came across this book last year at a yard sale. Mm Mm-hmm. It's actually signed by Elizabeth Elliott. She was a missionary. Her life experiences and challenges have just encouraged me on different occasions when it's always just at the right moment when one comes along. And then any book by Lisa Turkhurst. I Hmm. love any of her books. Of the Ten Commandments, let's get into that. You know, the Ten Commandments, which one? Most of us can choose one at least. That is the hardest for us to keep. I would say no other gods before me. 
And it's not because I have an idol sitting beside me or I worship one every morning other than my Lord and Savior. In today's world, we have some great gadgets. They help us daily. They help us with our calendar. They help us in many ways. But they can also hinder our lives. I believe we can find ourselves, I always say down a rabbit hole, if I get onto Pinterest or Facebook and I I'll look up at the clock and it'll be an hour and I'm like, oh, I just lost an hour. And what was I doing? And so I really mm-hmm. feel like that, yes, they can be tools that are used for good, but they can be time consuming and they can take away from our time with God away from our time with family. I mean, you go to a restaurant and you'll see people everywhere and that's what they're doing. They're sitting on their phone or their iPad. They're taking away that family time. And I found that when I set that down and put it away mm-hmm. that and focus on God and my family, that my time is well spent. Yes, that is definitely something that I would say no other gods before me would be the gadgets mm-hmm. in our lives. And those are some that All of us, I'm saying all of us, but just about all of us have those in our lives, and they do. I work with people in counseling who will have addictions to iPads and iPhones, and you name it, and they've got it, and their mind and attention is going to that. And so I see what you're saying, Rachel. That's that's a that's one that we all have to be careful and on our toes because we do make those things a god. Of the nine fruits of the spirit, which one do you think you rate the highest in? That was a question I asked for my husband because when I saw <laughs> all of them all of them out there, I was just like, okay, what do I rate the highest? And I caught him at a time that kind of threw him off guard. And I said, okay, Joe, I'm going to give you the nine fruits of the spirit. Tell me which one I rate the highest in. So I actually got an answer from my husband on this. And he immediately said generosity. I thought that was odd that he brought that up. I said, well, why would you pick that for me? And he said, because it's all the stuff that you do all the time Mm. for other people. I don't mean financially because we're not wealthy by no means, but time, spending time with others and just showing others that I care about them. I think that would probably be uh, the highest would be generosity just of my time. What about the lowest? Patience. (laughs) My dad instilled us at a young age, never pray for patience because through patience comes tribulation. Patience would be probably my lowest. And that is the most common, I think, for us human beings is we all struggle with patience at one time or another. And since we do struggle, we can relate to each other very well. We've got to take another break, Rachel, so let's do that. We'll be right back with the chat. I'm stepping out, out of the boat. I'm back with Rachel Lustig, and we're getting ready to find out if she has a life verse. What do you think, Rachel? Yes. And as a matter of fact, I was quoting this verse on my walk down to the station this morning all the way here. It would be Philippians 4.13, for I can do everything with the help of Christ who gives me strength that I need. This was our motto when I graduated a few years ago. From a Christian high school, we had a motto at that time, and that was our verse was Philippians 4.13, and that has stuck with me down through the years. It's a constant in my life. Yes, it's just definitely a help, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hey, do you have two women who are your favorites in Scripture? We realize there are many, but can you give a couple? 
Well, I read a book not too long ago that had several different ladies in it by Francine Rivers, and one of them was Rahab. And I remember thinking that was kind of an odd character to have in this book. The more I read about her life and her experience and how they put her into a position to help the spies in the country, bring them in, keep them in her home. And she did it all for her family. So she would definitely be a character out of the Bible that I thought was interesting. And then Mary, the mother of Jesus, just a young girl that said, here I am, Lord, use me. And yet she gave birth to the Lord and Savior. And then she was there at the cross when he passed away. So he was her son, but yet he was also her Savior. And that brought new meaning and new light to my life in experiencing just that whole story. Just recently, I read through it again, and it just brought it all back to light, that experience. So those would be my two close and favorite ladies in the Bible. One thing about Mary is that I love that scripture, and we read it a lot at Christmas when we read the Christmas Mm -hmm. story. And it says, In Luke 2, it says, but Mary kept all those things and she pondered them in her heart. Sometimes there are just things that are too great in our lives and we just keep them close to our heart. Maybe that's why that I have recognized her as one of my favorite characters. Do you have a favorite biblical account? Well, if any of the kids from Sunday are listening, (laughs) it would be Zacchaeus. And I just told this story again on Sunday. Um, He was just a small person. I love a good parade. I mean, I was devastated when the Christmas, the holiday lights, they didn't do those for the last few years and Mm -hmm. all that. I just, because I love a good parade. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine that day when Jesus came into town during that parade and Zacchaeus wanted to see him so bad. And he was just so small and he climbed up in that tree and he thought, I'm just going to climb up here. No one's going to see me. I'll just be up here on my own. And yet when Christ passed that day, He looked directly up there and Mm. saw him. And he sees us in our daily walk. He sees us and he cares about us. And even though people looked at Zacchaeus, oh, why would he take him home? He saw Zacchaeus. He saw Mm -hmm. his heart and Mm. he saw his need for Jesus and his desire to get up in that tree. Just a small little guy. Who knows how tall that tree was that day? But for a small person, it was probably a pretty big tree. And for Christ to see him on that day and just to say, can you take me home with you for lunch? So he was he's probably my favorite character. That's a good Just one. Just a quirky little guy. I, in, my, in my mind, that's how I see him. Sure. Well, let's get into mentoring now. Have you had a mentor? Well, I mentioned my mother, and she was probably my greatest mentor. And growing up, just always looked to her for questions to everything. But then I had an aunt that I loved. She was just always forthcoming with advice, whether you wanted it or not. She And she always had some good just common sense advice that I just love. I catch myself sometimes just saying some of her quotes that she would say from time to time. I don't believe she ever had a clue how she impacted the lives of others, but there are so many people that she had touched their lives in her journey. And every day with my Aunt Norma was an adventure. I mean, Mm. we went through some great times together. I spent many summers with her. She was always, always, always doing for others. She showed me more just by watching her life than I could have ever learned in history lesson or a classroom or 27 steps to being a Christian. She Mm -hmm. just taught me by example of what a true Christian is. And she was always faithful and she served others well. I love to read Rick Warren's devotionals. I listen to a lot of his podcasts. He has a way of just teaching and sharing about Mm -hmm. God. And it comes right down to 
your level. And I enjoy listening to him. My aunt and uncle, who also happened to be my pastor and his wife, they have been great mentors. And who is that? Gordon and Hetty Tilly. They're faithful. If I text or call, they'll either come or they'll pray whatever I need. And they're just, they've been very faithful in my life. Sounds like you have learned from some real servants. And you were talking earlier about that's something that you feel called to do. You have a passion to serve. And it sounds like you've had such good, wonderful examples in front of you to learn from how to do that well. Now, can you tell me, have you ever mentored anyone? Like I said before, I've taught children's church. I've been involved in youth ministries over the years and been there for teenagers. Just as I mentioned earlier, I saw some children Sunday that I hadn't seen in quite some time. And they still remembered all those songs and all those stories that I'd taught several years ago. One-on-one mentors, I can't really say that I have had a one-on-one mentor. I know that when my niece comes to town and she wants to stay at my house and we have great times together cooking or drawing or whatever we might be doing. And then maybe a week or two weeks later, I'll get a text from her mom and says, I know where she's been because she picked up this from her aunt. So mm-hmm. I would say, yes, I've probably mentored a few people in my life. You know, a lot of times we impact so many more people than what we realize. Don't you think? I believe so. And sometimes it's just our walk and our consistency with Christ that that can be an example. I agree. Let's get into struggles in your life. And I'm sure you've had several, like most of us have. During those times of struggle, has God brought scripture to mind or has he brought a song to mind? I know you were talking earlier about struggling with Joe's addiction and how God has been faithful to you and all of that. Would you consider that to be your main struggle, your toughest struggle in life? Yes, it has definitely been a tough struggle, but God, he has been there every step of the way. When I felt like giving up, he's encouraged me. And when I've given it to him, he has taken it and said, just follow me. We've got this together. We can get through this. It's not been easy. We've had a lot of setbacks, but there's been times that during those setbacks, again, I go back to being my greatest blessing where I've seen God work in so many ways, whether it was financially or sending somebody along just to talk at the right time, or even just being alongside of me and just encouraging my heart when I've been desperate. Why, God? Why? It's during those times, again, that I've been the closest, had the closest experiences with the Lord. There was also a time when, right after my mom passed, that I just felt like I didn't want to live anymore. I felt like my life was over, 27, and you lose your mom and your best friend. And at the same time, my dad had retired, and I was still living at home, and we had to find another place to live. And so there was just a lot of things going on in our life at that time, and I was just... I didn't want to live anymore. And I remember thinking, I could just do this, this, or this. But God, he came along beside me and said, no, I have a better plan for you. This is the way. Follow me. Choose me. I Again, every day, it's not just something that you go through and then you forget about. Mm-hmm. It's a daily struggle. Mm-hmm. It's a daily getting up and giving it to God and saying, Lord, 
this is yours. This is your day. Help me through it. Just give me the words, give me the wisdom and whatever I can do to make a difference today. During your times of struggle, has God given you a song that encouraged you? Or is there a song that you like that you think listeners could receive a blessing and encouragement from? Well, when my mother was going through her battle, there was the hymns. She loved the hymns. I love the hymns. What a friend we have in Jesus. Blessed assurance because he lives. Learning to lean on Jesus. Um, those were songs that I would just set at the piano every evening and I would play over and over and over and she would sit in the recliner and just listen to them. So those hymns were definitely what brought us through a lot of evenings that I know she was in pain. She never mm -hmm. said that she was in pain, but you could tell it by her accountants and her demeanor that once I would sit down at the piano bench and start playing those songs, you could just see a piece come over her. I remember a definite time when early on in our marriage, when I went to a ladies conference in Indianapolis and the Martins were singing that afternoon in concert. Things at home were not well that day when I had left. There was a lot of questions that were left hanging in my mind that morning when I left. I didn't know what I would come home to that evening. And I was sitting in that service and the Martins got up and they sang the song, The Promise. And that day, God became real to me. And he gave me that promise. I'm here for you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never give you more than what you can handle. So if I had a song to lean on, that would be the song. About a year and a half ago, my, my brother and sister-in-law struggled with COVID. My sister-in-law was in the hospital for several days on a ventilator and there again that song the promise and it resonated with me at that time so if i had a song to sing it'd be the promise let's listen to the promise
didn't see you as a fool But I did say like me You'll surely be despised And I did say My ways confound the wise bitter kiss of death or have to walk through chilly Jordan to enter into rest but I did say I'd be waiting right on the other side yeah 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 and I did say I'll try every tear you cry Some of the words to this song says, I made a promise that I intend to keep. My grace will be sufficient in every time of need. My love will be the anchor that you can hold on to. This is the promise. This is the promise that I made to you. Wow. What, what encouragement, what strength that gives. Absolutely. I remember sitting beside my pastor's wife and her reaching over and grabbing my hand and just holding it during that time in that song, just ministering over and over and over to my heart. Thank you for sharing that song with us. I'd like to give you a couple of minutes to say something. If God has put something on your heart that he wants you to say to those of us listening today, would you say that? No matter what tomorrow brings, God is in control. He is God, 
and we are not. I've heard that over and over. Rick Warren has said that so many times. I have it on a sticky note on my computer. God is God, and I am not. So I can give every worry and every care to him, no matter what time of day or night. He is always there. There's nothing that I can't handle if he is with me. From the smallest detail of our lives to our greatest challenges, we must give them all to Jesus. Everything that we face, if we give it to God, he will walk with us. And sometimes, just as that poem said, the footprints in the sand, there's been many times if I could look back and say, Lord, where were you? I know he was carrying me. I could feel his presence just around me. And I know that no matter what struggle you're going through, whether it be the grief of losing someone that you have walked closely with, who has been a friend to you, or maybe a parent or a relative that has been close to you, I know during your times of grief, you look around you and you think, where is God? But he is there. When you look back at your life, you will know that he has been there all the time. And it's all you have to do is reach out your hand. And I did that one specific day. I just reached out and said, Lord, I can't do this anymore, but I'm here. And that's all he said, but I'm here. Just trust me. Just trust me. The desires of your heart, give them to Jesus and he will build something greater than you could ever imagine with the desires of your heart. I want to live every day as a witness to others. I just want my life to be an encounter with whoever I'm with or whoever I speak to. I want it to be an encounter that would be have meaning and grace and leave whoever I'm speaking with that they can say, it was just a nice to have a talk with Rachel today or mm. just to have mm. that moment. My life is totally a daily surrender. And I think that in all of our lives, that's what we have to do. We have to just give every part of our life to God, our thoughts, our worries, and yes, our desires. What does he require of me? And this was just given to me recently to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. And that's the scripture found in Micah 6, 8. I just want to do what the Lord requires of me just to be a servant for him. He wants all of us, doesn't he? He doesn't want just part of us. He wants the whole thing. Yes. Will you pray with us? Father, we thank you for this time that we've had this morning. We thank you for allowing us to step out of our comfort zone and share with others what you have done in our lives and to hopefully be a blessing to someone that might be listening today. And we pray, Father, that you will just give wisdom to Nida as she walks and chooses people to have this chat with. I thank you for her and her life and the blessing that she has been to my life. I pray that you will just be with us, help us to be what you would have us to be in everything we say and do. May it be pleasing to you in your name. Amen. Thank you, Rachel, for coming and having a chat with me. This has been wonderful. I see you and I see Christ. Thank you, Nida. It has been a pleasure to be here. And thank you, listeners. I appreciate your tuning into the chat today. I look forward to future times when we can once again sit and have a chat. I'm stepping out, out of the boat for the Savior.